Ready to make a difference in the lives of fathers and their families? The Show Up Dad podcast empowers the next generation of dads to lead with confidence and love. Your support and our amazing partners help us to create lasting impact. Consider donating 50, 100, or 250 to provide a dad with essential resources. And speaking of incredible partners, let us introduce you to Tallman Equipment. Since 1952, Tallman Equipment has been standing taller than the rest of competition in lineman tools. They provide top quality equipment and solutions for linemen, ensuring safety and efficiency on the job. If you're in need of reliable and durable tools, look no further than Tallman Equipment. Also, don't forget to check out our online shop at theshowupshop.myshopify.com for high quality products that support our cause. From t-shirts and hoodies, stickers, and even children's clothes, we have something for everyone. Not only will we be showing your support for our cause, but you'll also be getting a high quality product that you'll love. To learn more about what we do, visit theshowupdadfoundation.org. You can also find Lyman Tools at tallmanequipment.com. Thank you for your generosity, and let's empower dads and build stronger families. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Show Up Dad podcast. Join me in welcoming Mike Chartrand, a resilient, inspiring individual who has faced unimaginable challenges on his journey as a father. At 46 years old, Mike, a dedicated lineman, found himself going through a painful divorce 11 months ago. From the very beginning, he was met with adversity when a baseless restraining order forced him out of his own home, leaving him with only $43 in clothes on his back. But despite these overwhelming circumstances, Mike's story took an unexpected turn. Along this difficult path, he discovered not only strength within himself, but also a newfound connection to spirituality. A chance encounter with the homeless man became a pivotal moment in his life, leading him towards self-discovery and a deepened faith. Through his experiences, Mike has gained invaluable insights into the importance of perseverance, self-reflection, and finding hope in the darkest of times. Today, he joins us on the Show Up Dad podcast to share his powerful journey and the lessons he has learned along the way. Get ready to be inspired as we delve into Mike's remarkable story of resilience, personal growth, and unwavering love he has for his children. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you. Got to be here. Absolutely, bro. Well, Mike, you got a tremendous, tremendous story. I know our audience is going to be blessed to listen to it. And I know throughout all this, you're going to be able to just leave them with some hope, man, because Right now, more than ever, fathers, right, are getting the shaft when it comes to uh, custodial battles, right? I had a past guest on here who said that you just can't stop fighting for your children, right? you know? So hopefully now during going into the holidays, I know it's going to be hard for a lot of fathers out there because of, you know, uh, loneliness and stuff like that. We just want to let you know that you guys are not alone. If you could tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, you know, your upbringing and all that stuff, if you don't mind, brother. Yeah, no. So uh, I had what I thought was kind of like a, you know, normal upbringing. My dad was uh, out working. My mom was at home. And uh, I always noticed, though, one thing is like uh, I was much bigger than everybody in my family. Like I just didn't understand. I was like, I'm so much bigger than these people. <laughs> well, I didn't find out till I was like, uh, um, I think, 30. That I was adopted. <clears throat> I like did the. I was looking at stuff and I was like, why? Why when I go to this side of the family, I'm so I'm like, why am I so much bigger than everybody? And why do they speak like this? And I just didn't. Nothing made sense. And then I, I found mm-hmm. out, and it was like, wow, like just crazy. Uh, oh yeah, I should have known that one, you know. And yeah. Uh, then I found out. Then it was like. Then it got deep because I got emotional about it. I was like, oh, so these people have been pretending to be like mm-hmm. family with me, and all oh, these people have to be told stuff like when I was a kid. When I go to their house, they have to be like set up that I'm coming and what not to say and what to say. So it kind of made me feel like a little, um, you know, like I was an embarrassment. I don't know. It made me feel weird, you know. But it, yeah. uh, all in all, what I learned from it is that uh, my dad, the one that, uh, you know, adopted me, he, yeah. uh, he dropped out of school at 17 or 16 and started mm-hmm. he was a sheet metal uh, fabricator and, and never looked back. He just did what he had to do because, you know, he had, he had a kid, you know, he wanted to take care yeah. of me. So uh, my mom was like 15. They met basically, and, and you know, here I am. You know, mm-hmm. it happened. Them two got together real young and took me in. 
How many other uh, siblings did you have, Mike? So I just found out, like, uh, I don't even know, uh, six, four, four or five months ago, I have, I have two more sisters uh, uh-huh. in, like, North Carolina. And then I have one that lives in uh, just up here in Victorville. And I have two brothers that are cops. I was like, oh, uh-huh. that's, that's pretty good, I guess. So they live in Whittier. So I had like this whole networking of people that were around me that I just didn't know, you know, was available to me until just recently. Mm-hmm. And that was weird too, like finding all that out. And 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 it kind of makes you mad because you think like, I could never do like my kids, uh, if, if that was their story, I kind of maybe, well, I know I would, I, I let them know that as life went on, you know, not, I, mm-hmm. I guess it was frustrating finding out so late and knowing that all these other people were around that I could have had relationships with, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was it was awkward. It's, it's an awkward thing to talk about. Yeah, I bet, I bet. I mean, finding out that you're adopted at 30. I mean, the crazy thing though, Mike, is what I'm thinking about is that, man, they must have really made you feel at home, bro. Because if you didn't know, and it was quite obvious, you know, just by your height, like you're you're saying, you know what I mean, or your size, man, you must have really, really felt welcomed by that family you know what i mean they did a good job yeah no for sure and, and i had other people like uh there was other boys my age that were like c- cousins or uncle or whatever they were like my age yeah and one of them told me one day uh hey bro that's not your dad and and he don't even like there was like this i think i was like 11 or 12 i remember uh-huh. thinking nah, he's probably right but i'm not gonna say nothing because he's cool like I'll just kind of take that or whatever. But and, it, and that always stuck with me for a long time. It's kind of like, I guess I, I kind of knew, but I just didn't want to, you know, yeah. deal with it, you know? But yeah, they were good. They were good people. It was just a, the way I was told was really kind of sour, sour mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, whatever. Were you the only one they adopted or did they have other adopted siblings? Uh, well, that's, this is another thing that struck me where is that? So I was I, just me. And then okay. he, they, uh, they had a, a, a kid, a little girl, my sister. And uh, she's bright red hair and super pale. And, yeah. and so I was like, wow, that's, that's kind of odd. So, and as mm-hmm. we grew up again, I'm, you know, she's, I'm skying over everybody. And then I'm kind of olive skin and brown hair, brown eyes. And she's light skin and red hair and, you know, brown eyes. So just when we stood together, it was, no one would think that everybody else was like, they're not brother and sister. But I was like, yeah, yeah it's my sister, you know? So yeah. it was a, uh, it was definitely a uh, odd, you know? Yeah. Red flags. Ah. I let it go. Yeah, for sure. Well, you're you you felt safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm I, I'm pretty sure. Like, if you didn't feel safe, you would have. Those had been more magnified. I guess is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, you know. Right, right, right. Right. Definitely, definitely. So you know, obviously, this family took you in. Your father took you in. How old were you when they adopted you? Did they tell so, you? Or? I was like like infant infant time i, I think wow. it was six months to a year yeah uh-huh. so so it was tricky because like I, I went to this this thing to be a big brother right big brother program and they yeah. were talking about this kid that was adopted and, and as an infant and then at 12 or 13 he found out and it screwed him it messed him up you know mm-hmm. so I was like, why wouldn't that be easier because the parents can kind of hide it or you know like I, I, what they did for me they kind of kept it under wraps until i was much older Mm-hmm. And he was saying, no, it just caused a lot of uh, identity crisis with him. Like, he, he's like, am I this? Am I that? I mean, you know, he, it was confusing for him. So I was yeah. able to relate to him, you know. So he had the same thing. But, yeah, I was mine was, uh, I would say, under three years old, like somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly, but young. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's, it's, I think it's better when they're young like that because, you know, they say a child's brain is most malleable between the ages of zero and seven, you know what I mean? So you're right in that, that, that point where, you know what I mean? You could start picking up habits and stuff like that from your family. Right. And and traits, certain traits, you know what I mean? Not physical traits, but you know, just character shaping traits, like Like, how you look or smile or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Physically, I'm, we're opposites but yeah but I'm, I'm i'm like dad to a t you know like i'm him mm-hmm. like his toolbox has got to be a certain way and the way he does things just everything like i'm i'm him you know so i kind of mm-hmm. was molded into a, 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 a i kind of took a different route from what whatever my genetics or whatever you want to call it was supposed to be mm-hmm. turned into uh oh, i think a pretty he's a rad dad like he's i couldn't ask for anything better so you know kind of worked out you know i got, I got pretty lucky yeah, for sure. What uh, 
Was there any pivotal moment or anything like that where they decided like, cause obviously they didn't have trouble having other children, but uh, what, what made them want to adopt? Um, well, it was, I have or? no idea. I okay. Have no, I, 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 I have no idea. I never asked him that. I, I, I have mm-hmm. no idea. Uh-huh. That might be a question for uh, have to ask him. Did you ever like, after you learned about being adopted, right? Did you ever go on like a quest, you know, to, to find out who your biological father and mother were or anything like that? Or so, so my, my, the, I went, uh, I found out that my biological father's name uh-huh. and his, uh, his, his location. Okay. Uh, so I was like, I'm, I'm going to go there. I'm going to, so I, I searched high and low. It was probably a good two months. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I called him and I was like, yeah, this is who I am, blah, blah. And, and he's like, I said, what happened, man? Like, what? you couldn't man up. Like, you know, what's the deal? And he just said, uh, the story is not what you've been told. We have to talk. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I went and I met him. And it was uh-huh. weird, man. It was, he was like a spitting image of me. Like, he was, he's 6'2 six, six and big guy. And uh, I mean, it was, I was looking at myself, you know, when he was older. And, and uh, we started yeah. talking and stuff. And then, and then within 10 minutes, I was like, now I see why you left. Like, he was just, it just, Full of, it just was not nothing was real you know what i mean like he was just saying things that were just mm. to say things, you know just to try to save his you know image or whatever but yeah none of it was uh none of it was real so but anyways the good thing is i met him and and i'm i, I took it as a, i got i'm even more luckier than i thought i was you know so yeah i worked out good i guess you know and i found out about all these other siblings and stuff at the time but i never looked for them until recently so mm. this is you know this, that was my journey for it you know yeah for sure now it's good that you're able to meet him, obviously, and that way you can kind of see yourself. You know what yeah. I mean? You yeah. know, and see where you come from, right? Um, I'm glad that you're able to recognize, though, that hey, man, just because this man biologically had you, a father is much more than just being able to procreate, right? Yeah. And that's what you got with your adoptive father, and that just goes to show you the value of our influence as fathers, you know, and us doing the right thing by choosing to, to lead and develop and raise our children. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree hundred percent. You're uh, as fathers, like dude, the power that a, a man has a responsible man is it's, it's for real, bro. If you can carry yourself and project the right tone, uh, tone, I guess that's mm-hmm. not sure what, but if you do it in the right way, the, the, the power of a, of a father is huge, man. It really is because to see what I saw when I met him and the way I felt about myself in five minutes, I'm like, man, I'm glad I didn't go that. I'm glad my route went this way instead of that way, you know, who knows mm-hmm. where I've been. So yeah, definitely. It's a, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a powerful thing being a dad, but you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta work at it. And you gotta, you know, harness that because you can go wrong real quick. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's fast forward, Mike. So, you 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 found out you're adopted um you know you talked a little bit about your upbringing and stuff like that i wanted to ask you how did you see your parents like you know how did they how did they deal with each other like what did you learn from them as far as like marriages go and stuff like that was it did so you have a pretty mom, good example or no yeah my mom was a uh-huh. very very pretty lady mm-hmm. and she was often uh very flirtatious and what I remember being in the car with her and being places and, and she, she was very I was like oh, what are you doing mom like what the heck mm-hmm. and uh and my dad was like full-on like a rad just just a great guy like he would come home from work and he'd be filthy dirty and lay down on the ground in the living room and we'd be trying to jump over his hands and he'd grab us and like and and she was very um like you guys are being too loud and it's time for bed and so I, I learned that uh uh I, I entrusted myself with my father, you know, way more than, than the other way. She, she ended up, it ended up being that she, I think they had like, she cheated and they got divorced and whatever. And, and I don't even, I haven't talked to her in five years, years and years and years and years and years. And, and wow. she, she went, she went, she did the same thing that I'm going through um, it, with uh, bad mouthing him and, and, and humiliating him and in front of friends and family. And mm. it's just, a, just kept his mouth shut. Have a nice day and just go about his business. And, and after a while, whatever she said, it didn't matter no more because everybody saw that what she's saying and what is in front of him. He took away her power by just being chill and yeah. 
letting everything roll off his fingers, off his shoulder, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. my experience with them was they, were, they had a tumultuous relationship, you know? They were always kind yeah. of, you know? yeah. No, it's, 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 it's interesting that you said that just by his, his chase conduct, right. And, and not giving it to her trying to, to get him upset or stir the pot or whatever, you know, and him just keeping his cool. It's, it's good to see that you saw that, right. Cause that's, that's, that's being an adult, you know what I mean? Instead of just buying into oh yeah you know you did this or well, you treated me like this i'm gonna do this too you know what i mean it's it's good right. to see that someone had to be the adult in that relationship right right you know yeah and i took that that was a, a learning lesson that I, i'm so i'm not I'm not, I'm not glad at all it happened but yeah like, I, I got that out of it you know what i mean yeah it was, it was, it was, so i mean she 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 was brutal to him sometimes and, and he would just mm-hmm. And then he'd go out back and like you know, hit the hit the weight bag or whatever, you know. I'm sure he got out of his anger somehow, but in front yeah. of us, it, it, it was always okay, no problem. It is no thing. I must have yeah, been for sure. Man. Yeah, no, I can't even imagine, man. That's uh that's hard, you know. That's yeah. it's always difficult when you see that as a child, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. want to make sure my kids mm-hmm. didn't have to deal with none of that, because that's uh, it is tough. You know, yeah. Maybe you had to feel like you had to pick a side, and everybody. I think all boys, mm-hmm. you love your mom, and, and even if she's mean or whatever, you still it's your mom. You know, you want to. Yeah. But yeah, I think at the beginning, I might I might have leaned that way a little bit because it's mom. Yeah. But after a while, you, you, you kind of you know what's right. You, you just go to yeah. what's right, not just because it's mom. You know what I mean? Well, as kids, you see, you know, and you you know what's going on, and you can't bullshit them. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they know if, if mama's or daddy's, you know, telling stories about the other parent and right. you see that her actions or his actions are completely opposite. You, you're going to be able to make a decision. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, now we talked about this, you know, stuff that happened to you, right? It, they say what well, walks in fathers runs in, in sons, you know, and it's kind of, it's kind of crazy, like coincidence that that would happen to your, your adopted father, your, your father, right. Happened to you, you know, and receiving this baseless restraining order and being forced out of your own home and stuff like that. You know, how did that, how did, how did you navigate these sudden challenges, bro? Because I mean, that, that would crush, crush a lot of men, dude, you know? So, so for, so when I first found out that she was having a like just uh, there was things going on right yeah so she said go through my emails look it's there's nothing and i was like mm-hmm. oh but I, I as i went uh, like okay cool let me let me like try to figure this out you know and she uh oh i'm sorry she said someone has had been hacking into her, her account mm-hmm. so i'm like okay maybe that's who these people are let me let's check it out as soon as she said oh yeah you can do it but not just not today do it tomorrow i was like eh, that's weird so of course the next day she comes and she had it the night to delete or whatever she had to do yeah. and i started just going and looking at stuff and i found stuff that was so hard to swallow i just thought it wasn't real like meetups at at hotels during lunchtime flying to vegas and back at lunchtime like wow. crazy going to san francisco and back at lunchtime all these things and it's not like it's like ah this could be that it's here's a flight here's when it leaves when it comes back and it's on her calendar and it says uh you know so-and-so leave work early. Like it was, so then uh, I, the more I confronted her, I thought I still, for my kids, I wanted to work it out. You know, I thought, let's, let's try to do this. It was weird because this was in 2021 and, and the all that stuff was in 2018, 2017. Oh, okay. So it popped back up. So I thought I went this far and, and you know, so let's try it. So I, we, I think it became a point of her first being apologetic for months. Yeah. Then, the more I dug, the more I found. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, hey, what's this? Wait, 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 what's this? So I was starting to feel hopeless. Like, this isn't going to, you know, it's just, yeah. it's work. So uh, one thing, well, then we get to the, to a point where now she's angry every day. She's, she, any, anything I say is, uh, she just, there's just, she's just angry about it at all. She got caught and mm-hmm. she's, kept, she kept telling me stuff like, uh, it was in the past. Like, I'm not like that anymore. And I'm like, you're not like what anymore? She never admitted to anything. She was always, it was a hacker and it was in the past and she doesn't know. Yeah. One day I come home and uh, my son texts me and he says, uh, Hey dad, 
uh, I'm going to go, mom picked me up early from school. We're going to go to the beach and go have something to eat. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. And I didn't think nothing of it really. And then five minutes later, he texts me, dad, mom told me to turn off my locations to you and the rest of the family. And she's driving fast and I don't know where we're going. I'm scared. So I said, whoa, send me your location. He sends me a screenshot. I go hop in my truck. And they already had like a 15, 20 minute head start. And I hop on the freeway there, you know, going down towards Mexico area. And I was like, what yeah. the hell is going on? So one thing leads to another. I can't, I couldn't find them right away. I, and when I did find them, they were at one of her friend's houses. And, and I thought, okay, I talked to my son and he said, uh, we're going to spend the night here, I guess. And I was like, all right. So I'm thinking she just needs time or whatever she needed to do. Yeah. Two days later, some guy's knocking on my door and uh, he has a stack of papers. And so I go, I open, I open the door and he's like, Mike, uh, I was like, yeah, he throws me the papers and I looked at the first thing and it said like a different name. It was like Andrew something. And I was like, hey man, uh, I'm not Andrew. And he's like, well, let me see that. <laughs> and he's like, these are the wrong ones. So then he was cool though. He was like, uh, hey, you know what this is for? And I was like, no, bro. And he's like, restraining order, man. He's like, you got 12 minutes or uh, one hour to get out of the house. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah. And he said, you can't talk to your kids either. And I'm like, what? And he showed me. And I was like, well, for what? It said stuff in there that was completely, there were scenarios that were switched where she was, she was talking about me as her and her as me. Like wow. uh, she said one thing and there was, um, Mike, uh, walked past me in the hallway and he, he hit the wall and said, don't hit me. That, what? What? No, that, no, I didn't do that. That's what she did. I was just walking down there with my kid in my arms. And, 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 and that was all a ploy from this lawyer, which I found out later that he was this guy that guarantees women that he will get them a restraining order. So wow. they tell him a story and he just twisted enough to where it's not lying, but it's a gray area. You know what I mean? Just yeah. enough to make it sound a lot worse than what it is. But mm -hmm. anyways, next thing I know, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out of the house and I'm driving and I'm like, I don't know where to go. So I start calling buddies and, and it's Christmas time now, right? It's Jan December 1st. And I'm calling people and they're like, bro, I have family down. I have family mm -hmm. down. All right, cool, cool. Uh, let me call this place. In. So there's a couple of people that were like, yeah, I got family here, but we'll squeeze you in. I was like, I, I don't want to be that guy, you know? So I just, mm -hmm. just said, screw it. And I, I lived in my truck for uh, a, a total of uh, uh, 55 days. Wow. And when I was in the truck, uh, after like day 14, I, I, I was uh, in a church parking lot and uh, mm -hmm. I saw this dude behind me. He was kind of a big dude, dirty, real dirty looking. And I was like, oh man, he's probably down and out. So I, I rolled down the window. And I said, hey man, you want cheeseburger? And he was like, what'd you do to it? And I said, nothing, bro. I said, I'll take a bite of it. He goes, take a bite of it. And I'm like, all right. So I took a bite and he goes, all right. And he took the cheeseburger and we just, he just ate his cheeseburger. And I saw him again the next night. Same thing, but I had fries this time. I was like, you want some fries? And he's like, yeah. So we talked a little bit. And then the third night he was, he was really drunk and uh, walking the same thing. And we talked, I told him everything that had happened so far. And, and he had a similar story. He was an uh, ex um, uh, Marine and been through the ringer and his mind wasn't right. And, and but he turned to drinking instead of talking and he, he you know, ended up alone. Yeah. Homeless. So he tells me, uh, you know why you're here? And I said, yeah, because it's safe, man. Why same reason why you're here, you know? He said, no, you're here because I'm going to tell you something that's going to change, change your life. And I went, all right, tell me what that is. And he went on this story about, about putting yourself in other people's shoes. Yeah. And he told me to do it for my wife, my ex-wife. Mm -hmm. ex he said, put yourself in her shoes. She's wrong. But now she's scared. She knows she's going to probably get a divorce. She knows she's probably going to not see her kids all the time because of what she's done. Yeah. So, so she's doing damage control. And, and she's also trying to go through the emotions in her heart and yeah. i was like damn okay and he's like you you know and he, he just went through this whole thing about them and your kids and then this and then and it really for me it because i was giving up you know i was like dude it's christmas yeah. yeah so for me it changed how i went forward from that point on and she mm. and she was she was ruthless like ruthless money in the accounts was gone like i had no debit cards i had that everything was shut off i had I had nothing and then i i uh i got a paycheck and i went out and i bought my kids uh, a playstation and i bought them i spent the whole check on them which caused yeah. me to be homeless for like another you know 45 days because you know you need all this down payment i didn't, I didn't have nothing you know so yeah. as time, that time went on the more i learned that the more 
I, I, on Instagram, I'd post just positive things, you know, even if I was living in the truck, I, I'd post up just, hey, I'm singing, you know, Christmas song, whatever. The more I showed that I was trying to be a better, you know, make the best out of it, the more she yeah. got the more she would be like, why is he, you know, like, look at him, he's, he's laughing and he's in his truck with nothing, you know, it, it really angered her and it became, okay, now you're doing that? I want child support. Oh, now you're doing that? I want this. I want that. I want this. And it just became brutal. That's all I can say is yeah. she was telling my family stuff. She was telling, it just became brutal. I didn't talk to no one. I just stayed in myself and, and just worried about seeing my kids. Like Christmas Eve, I was sitting on the neighbor's house on their roof. I was like, Hey man, I'll, I'll give you 20 bucks. Let me go in your backyard and sit on your roof. He's like, why? It's like, I can see the window when my kids open gifts. He's like, why don't you just go in your house? And I was like, you know, I can't because this, this, and this. And he's like, oh, man. He's like, yeah, go ahead. Don't give, I don't, don't got to you know, give me no money. So I sat on his roof trying to see my kids open their gifts, you know, and stuff. It was, it was, it was like, yeah, oh, it was terrible. It was, it was, it was terrible. It was, it was the worst of the worst that I think any, for me, anything. Yeah. Ever, you know, it was terrible. Man, Mike, <laughs> man, my heart goes out to you, brother. That's, that's, that's rough, bro. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. is rough, dude. And man, I'm just thankful to God that you're here with us. Cause I was close, man. It was, that's hard, bro. I can't even imagine what you went through. We lived on a cul-de-sac and we lived there for eight, 10, whatever years. And everybody mm. was my buddies. We'd be working on people's, on each other's houses. I couldn't go within a 300 feet of my own home. So I couldn't go down my own street. I couldn't talk to my friends because I call them and my wife was talking to their wife and then their wife would tell them, Oh, he da 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 da. So, yeah. hey, bro, you know, like if you call me, call me over there and the other on the, my work phone, you know, because I can't. It was it was terrible. And all I did was catch her doing something she shouldn't have been doing, you know? That's it. Yeah. But it turned and turned and turned. Mm -hmm. Long story short, we uh we go to court to, to get the uh, restraining order thing deal with. Yeah. I'm panicking now because like, dude, she's very she's a pretty woman and she's she's very business and savvy and I'm in there shaved, shaved head tattoos and I just, oh man, this guy's not gonna, we, the, 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 the hearing, it was like 100% one-sided all flavor of me. Every time she wow. talked, it was like, what, you just said that, what, you just did that, are you, like the judge was like, he couldn't believe it. He, at the end, he said, uh, the court finds your, your testimony uh, uh, disrespectful and something else like, like, outrageous or something like that and he said that you know we we disagree with all of your statements of you saying that you need a she wanted a restraining order for five years no visitation no contact from my kids mm -hmm. that means for five years i couldn't come within 300 feet and i couldn't talk to my kids because nothing literally yeah. nothing. i've never hit my wife i don't drink uh nothing and as soon as he did this thing i i, I looked at my my attorney mm -hmm. and I, I was like, is this done? And he goes, no, man, I, I have a feeling that you just made her madder. And I was wow. like, what does that mean? And I go, why, do you think, why do you think that? He's like, <clears throat> she was over there like this. Like, like she was angry. So we go out wow. of court and I hold the door for her, right? The little door, door things. And I'm like, I'm holding it open. And, and she she grabs her purse and she's like, because everything was, she was scared, right? I'm going to tell the guys this, like, if you ever hear your wife start saying, out of, for no reason, that's her, you're harassing me. I'm scared right now. Some lawyer has told her to 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 type that or text that, and then they yeah. use that as you know. But yeah. Her, but she was using it so much, it was like, you knock on the door too hard, and if the children are scared, and I'm scared, like it started to be outrageous. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but but anyway, so <clears throat> I tried to open open the thing for her, and she she grabbed her purse, and she was like, and I, and the bailiff was like, what? Like, he's like told me he's like does she understand that there's a room full like of officers here and a jail like what, what was that and i was like yeah i know that's what i've been dealing with he's like hey man i feel for you you know i walked out and then the next day she picks the kids up uh, we had we had agreed on a um like a very limited uh supervised visitation i got my kids three days a week mm -hmm. three hours at each time and i went from being every day all day nonstop to nothing and then the three hour thing and it was the most demeaning, humiliating thing, having a supervisor, you know, watch you with your kids. You can't yeah. leave. You can't drive. You can't drive nowhere. You're, you're forced to give them a boring time, which mm. you want to give them the best time. Cause it's like, Hey, dad, 
your, your, your hands are tied. And I couldn't, they said that I wasn't allowed to even say her name to them. Like I couldn't mm. do it. I had to be perfect while she's over there just tearing me a new one. And uh, then that goes on for a while, like another uh, couple of months. And then we go to a uh, court for custody. They mm. said that I had the children 6% of the time every month, which was three days a week, three hours, whatever. Yeah. They told me, Mike, I need to tell you something. It's very rare that a man gets double of what they already have. And I was like, so you're telling me I might not even get 12%? I've done nothing. I've done nothing. I've lost everything. And I'm going to, for what? I said, I just had, you don't have words for that. You know, like, wait a minute. Yeah. I caught my wife cheating. I told her that, you know, she was cheating. And, and I got to lose my house that I built and, and my kids and, and all these things because why? I don't get it. It didn't make sense. No. And I put a court for custody. And I was so bummed, like walking in there, like I was like, and my lawyer, he was kind of like a older, he's an older guy. And I think he, I think he drinks on the job. You know what I mean? He's kind of just real cheap, like twenty nine ninety five an hour. And she had like double breasted, slick back hair lawyers, you know? Yeah. And uh, they go in there and every, they say their side, we say ours. And I, I get them 30, 38%. And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, you get your kids this much. And I was like, my, my attorney's like, dude, like, you need to come back again, you know, because it had been, um, I think after so many months, like two or three months or whatever, you can come back and ask for more. So that's yeah. what, I, after I got them that, now I have them. And well, I'm sorry, I have one. Uh, my, uh, <clears throat> so my 13 year old that I was we're inseparable, he, uh, yeah. he's been told a lot of stuff. Like, um, I know I put a gun, I put a gun to her head and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, uh, he's, he's jaded and he's confused and, and, uh, we won't, we don't talk right now. She yeah. said on this app that we have to use, it's called talking parents. Um, she wrote on there one day, I said, please let me talk to Luke. I want to take him for ice cream or something. And she said, uh, no, he doesn't want to speak to you. And I said, well, have him tell me that because you know, he's never once told me it's just, she has. Yeah. And so, uh, when I talked to him, I love you, dad. I miss you. When we go, when the little bit of time that I have with him, I love you, dad. Like, looks, he wants to go start uh, Muay Thai fighting and, and doing all these things. But then when he goes home the next day, he, nothing, cut off. Yeah. So I asked him, I said, what did I do? And at first he said, you left me. And I said, no, bro, I would never do that. You, you understand? And he goes, but why did you leave? You were gone for so long. And I said, I couldn't talk about it because I couldn't tell him what happened because if I did, I'm breaching the, uh, the court order to not talk about my divorce with the kids so yeah. i said yeah trust me man this is just you know um this is what it is it's i i just can't i i, I couldn't talk to you i couldn't see you and he that wasn't a good enough answer and i don't blame him i mean i would want my dad to tell me something more than that you know especially yeah. he's gone for so long and then uh i started to hear stuff uh through the grapevine of him going through his own things like now he's hanging out with these bad crowd and he got caught with the vape pen and uh, drinking a little bit, you know, and just, he's, he's doing what he's yeah. acting up, you know, you know, going through the motions. So yeah. where we're at right now, after all that, it was, uh, I'm, uh, we don't, we don't talk. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been like, uh, it's, you know, right now it's probably been a solid three weeks, month before that it was spotty. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm going back to court and I'm asking for like court uh, mandated counseling. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, for me and him and that she's already, been, she's already been given a thing that says she can't talk about the kid, uh, our stuff to the kids. So what she mm -hmm. does is she doesn't talk to them. She talks on the phone to her girlfriend when they're in the car. Yeah. And so, they hear it. Yeah. So she's not talking to them, but mm -hmm. you know, so I found that out from my little guy that mm -hmm. he, he knows stuff that I'm like, dude, you're four, three, four years. Dude, you shouldn't know any of this. You should just be mm -hmm. worried about where the next mud puddle is, you know, like not anything else, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, so sorry, I'm gonna go off on that one. Just, no, it's it's just in, it's unfortunate that um, people don't put the best interests of the children first. Yeah, you know when you and tell your I, I I didn't mean to interrupt you I didn't mean to interrupt you but hmm. just their birthday was the other day both of them had their uh, birthdays a couple weeks apart so what I did I went to the babysitter and I dropped off a bunch of decorations and then I told the uh, baby I told I, I asked her I said um. Mm -hmm. hey what are you doing for you know or the boy's birthday and she's like oh i'm doing this this and this and i was like okay well i'm, I'm gonna come i said i've never missed any of the well, well i'm gonna be there uh yeah i don't know 
And I went, okay, well then think about it. And I thought, oh, okay, I'm gonna let her do the thing. Well, it turns out it was just, uh, she went and had the birthdays and it just so happened that I had my little guy because the mm -hmm. older one doesn't want to see me. So the older, older one's birthday, I, I called and I said, hey, can me and the little guy come to his birthday? And she said, no. And I said, why, why, why should he not see, be able to see his brother on his birthday? Why? Yeah. Because, and then hung up. Or, or things like when the kid's at the babysitter and I'm mm -hmm. off work, I should be able to go get him and take him out and not be cooped up in that babysitter. But she says mm -hmm. no. And I say, why? And she says, because it's my day. Like that's not that's not that's not what's best for the kids. What's best no. for the kids is to be with their family and be with their and, and be learning stuff about being a young man. Especially, I got two boys. Like they mm -hmm. they got so much to learn. Like you know, and 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 the fact that at 13 years old he's not allowed to see his father, or he's been tricked into thinking things about him, dude. That's yeah. a pivotal age, 13, dude. That's like you're starting yeah. to be a young man, and and you're talking to women and girls. I mean, and you're and you're you you gotta. Mm -hmm. you know, he's got to have a a stepping or a, I don't know what the word yeah. is. He needs something to uh you know mm -hmm. uh, show him the way. I guess you know he's at that age. But. Yeah, well, they start getting to that age where they want to know who they are, right? They want to start looking at their identity and finding out who they are, figuring out themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Um, unfortunately, you know, your ex-wife is going to find out the hard way that she can't be daddy. Yeah. That he's gonna need daddy, and you'll see. Yep. Um, but uh, so I wanted to kind of touch base about this homeless guy and how you said that empathy changed your yeah. your your viewpoint. You know, um, that's one of the things that both my wife and I say too, because we had this podcast that we did on our marriage on the line lifeline, and we talked about when to reconcile after adultery has happened right and if it's even possible right and that was one of the big things is being able to put yourself in your spouse's shoes and see through their lens right and being empathetic towards them right um so it's i'm glad to see that that guy he actually gave you some solid advice there bro yeah. you know yeah i mean it once he said like put, i was thinking he was gonna say think about your kids you know everybody does yeah. kids, you can't give up and but when he said mm -hmm. her, I was like, I, I don't, I can't stand her. And he's like, but think, just think about it. But she's, and I was like, damn. And he's like, she's angry because she's wrong. She knows she's wrong. Mm -hmm. And also because you're, you're gone now. And, and, and so she's, but she's trying to be strong and, and get herself through it. And she's not doing mm -hmm. it the right way, but you got to think about that sometimes, you know? And, and yeah, you know, it, it, I, I thought for a little bit, like, mm -hmm. I'm going to try to make another run at her. Yeah. I, I, I guess because I, I, I read and I saw too mm -hmm. much to forgive, you know, I, yeah. it was just too much for me, you know? Well, you definitely say, you know, forgiveness is, is not fair and, um, it's hard, but it's something that we need to do. And it's not for them. It's for us. Yeah. Honestly, unforgiveness is like, being in your own prison and having the key to let yourself out, but you refuse to, you have the power to let yourself out of that prison. Right. Yep. yep. And, um, it's hard. It, it definitely is. But, uh, the sooner you can let it go. And I'm not saying forgetting or, or put yourself in danger or nothing like that, but just don't carry that burden. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was hard. That's hard. Yeah. I started to go to church. Right. I never, yeah. Yeah. Before that. And, uh, Man, I couldn't. I I was always under this impression that everybody was very going to be very uptight, and you know, it was very. Um, I had to be, you know, uh, very uh, straight and narrow. Mm -hmm. It was nothing like I thought. It, I was no. What I, I wish I would have known this a long time ago because I'd have been there. I'd have been there. I yeah. met some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Some of the honest, straightforward, blunt, like no games. I've learned a lot about me and, and, the, and the wrongs of me and how I reacted to certain things that, that weren't healthy. And just, I learned a lot and it has mm -hmm. helped me. I mean, if I would have known this uh, information before mm -hmm. I, I found out about all this cheating stuff, uh, it would have been handled completely different. I think that yeah. it could have possibly been uh, um, safe, but yeah, 
I mean, who knows, but I think I, I at least for sure know that I would have handled it differently and, and maybe made it so that right now, at least mm. we're a little cooler than what it is, mm. you know? So did you go to like a spiritual counselor or something like that, where you learned this information or was it just through the church or? Through the, what, church, I, 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 uh, through the church, just talking to uh, uh, okay. people, you know, just, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I would just, when at church was done, I, I didn't have nowhere to go. So I just kind of sat there sometimes, you know, I just wait till everybody walks out. And then, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, I started to bring a football and I throw the football with these kids in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And then one, day, one of their dads came over and we were talking and he, he knew somebody that might help me. And then just kind of went through this, this vortex of people. And I ended up with talking to people that like really mm-hmm. knew their stuff. You know what I mean? So yeah, for sure. That was a, a blessing right there, you know? Yeah. And it's, 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 it's so important. Like when you're the one who's, um, you know, when, when your spouse betrays you, you're the betrayed, right? There's a great organization that we fully support. It's called, um, affair recovery, AR, right. Mm -hmm. And for those who have gone through it and for those who have been betrayed, they have a great course that we highly recommend and it's called harboring hope. And it's for the betrayed, you know what I mean? To get through those traumas because it's traumatic, dude. When you're betrayed like that, especially by someone who is your spouse, right? That you're you're thinking of growing old with and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's such a deep, deep wound. It takes a while to get over that, you know. If you even get over it, you know. Um, I think the greatest thing I could say is you have to transform that pain because pain that's not transformed gets transferred. Yep. Yep. You know. That's for sure. So for sure. I, I'm I'm glad, you know, and for those of you guys listening, once again, that's AR Recovery. We highly recommend them. The Show Up That Foundation supports them. And uh, they're great. They're great for anybody who's going through it right now. So it's a, it's a the, the pain, the pain. I mean, everybody, we all know breakups and, and you always feel like you and yeah. your spouse would never, it would never happen to you guys. And when it does, it, it man, it harbors. And then losing everything, yeah, then not be, then being alienated, it is like every day I wake up now, I still mm-hmm. gotta, I still, I still gotta fight. You know, I still mm-hmm. every day I, until I get my thirteen year old until we we get that situated. It's just, uh, it doesn't make sense sometimes. Well, all the time. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Well, who are you winning? No, you got seventy thousand dollars in lawyers' fees, and like, why? You know, but mm-hmm. why? I still haven't figured that part out. Why? Like, well, definitely, you. it definitely seems like spirituality played a a, a great deal, you know, in helping you cope with the challenges you faced and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. With that being said, there's also this perseverance, like a recurring theme in your story that I'm catching. You know what I mean? Where, man, you just go through these tough moments, right? And you just find this strength to keep moving forward. You know, would you relay that back to finding a higher power? Yeah. Is that what you lent like leaned on? You know yeah, what I mean? I, 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 <clears throat> I was already given up when I met that homeless guy, you know, and when, yeah. when he talked to me and what went on after that, well, I never thought about that. Cause yeah, I think maybe that might've been something that, that gave me the, uh, the will mm-hmm. and the determination to keep going because I was already just exhausted and done at that point, you know? So yeah, mm-hmm. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. Wow, man. That's uh that's crazy. You know, I, I know uh, there's a scripture that says, uh, be careful how you treat certain people. Cause there's been people that have even entertained angels. You know what I mean? Huh. You never know, man. A homeless guy could have been, you know, uh, an angel sent forth to, to bring you hope, brother. I mean, I've been time. there 20 times. I haven't seen him. Like, yeah. You know, trying to, like, I left a note on the tree. Like, hey, man, I just want to, I want to bring you back to my place, let you shower. And I just haven't seen him. So maybe he, maybe he got something out of there. Maybe he's in another you know, spot. So I hope he is. If you're out there, hey, man, <laughs> hope you're, I hope you're doing good. <sighs> yeah. You never know, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. You know, um, how is self-reflection? play like a crucial role in your personal growth. Cause I know you've changed a lot. You have to, you know, yeah. pain sometimes causes the, it's the greatest catalyst for growth. Right. So 
with that being said, can you share some specific moments or practices that allowed you to kind of like reflect and gain insights onto yourself and your journey as a father? Like, what do you do? Like, I, I, I I never cried before. Right. Okay. It was always like, bro, I'm a, I'm a lineman, bro. I'm going to cry, you know? Yeah. I cry now. Like, I saw, like, there's been, there was a, I like learned that, uh, to, to heal, sometimes you gotta, I mean, I guess cry, cry for me, get it out and yeah, deal with it and, and, and talk about it and get it out. And every time I did it from the first little tears to the full bone, you know, tears, every time I got, I just got a little bit better and a little bit more in tune with me and, and, and what I needed to do instead of feeling sorry for myself, mm-hmm. how to make things better, you know, from, from, from my boys to my job. Like I almost lost my job through all that. It was like, I needed to just hunker down and get right. And, and part of that, the biggest part of that was going to church for me and, and enjoying it, not going to church. Cause mm-hmm. that's the right thing that everybody's saying to do. Like I had to find a church too, that, that I felt good, like, cool with yeah. the people that were for me and i found one and and uh and so now it's like um uh it's it's enjoyable to see me I, like having fun doing this stuff you know what i mean like going to church with the boys yeah. and, and when she comes into the play it's like i see this tornado coming and then i'm just like hey tornado mm-hmm. okay have a good day like i don't fight back i don't i don't not that i don't fight back i i don't uh i don't create any more drama that there needs to be you know what i mean i try to just yeah let it go, let it roll off and just do my thing. So I guess reflect, reflecting, I guess your question said was, uh, crying and, uh, and being honest to me, talking mm-hmm. to myself, you know, just not putting a front up for anyone or anything, just, just being true. Like mm-hmm. if this hurts my feelings. I'm going to say something instead of just bottling it up and, you know, throwing it out. Now I just kind of talk to mm-hmm. talk things out and just kind of, I guess, handle it more, um, maturely, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. I know a lot of guys out there, what they do is they start journaling and stuff like that, especially like if they don't have people to to talk to, say if they don't go to church or they don't have a, a specific uh, group that they can go to. Um, did you ever do any journaling or like, or try that at all? Or? Yeah, I got, I got one of those like uh, composition books, you know? Yeah. And all I did is I wrote down the date and then I'd write down like how I felt when I, when I woke up and how I felt when I went to bed. And mm-hmm. it was always like, you know, lonely and just sad i miss the kids and then it started to evolve into i can do this like, we're gonna be all right uh and then it, then it was almost like motivation because i would see what i wrote the day before and be like i could do better than that today and i just kept oh. going like so i have like i kept it with me too it's uh as a something that I'll, I'll share someday with my kids if they ever go through a rough time in life like you can you can do it you know we can all do it you just gotta kind of work at it and, and don't give up you can't give up you can't give up Man, that's a perfect example of reflection because just to see that transition from where you started, where it was just dark and gloom, like you said, and then just being able to motivate yourself, you know what I mean, throughout the days. I mean, it's it's powerful, brother. I mean, life coaches are recommending that their clients do this left and right. You know what I mean? I've seen it within the church, everything. You know, I do something similar. I'll write down my moments I have, my alone time, right, and my thoughts or ideas or even just uh getting along with the lord you know what yeah. i mean and and letting him know what's bothering me or whatever you know i think those times are important yeah even if it's five minutes like you said the talking I, I just started doing that like i'd be like hey man I don't, this is mm-hmm. going on or whatever and you know it's it it, it helps you kind of break it down and, and simplify mm-hmm. it and, and tackle it you know what i mean and then once you're tackling these little things then the big things when they come it's not as hard you know just kind mm-hmm. of keeps you uh always um on top of things, I guess, in your life, you know, you, you don't let things stack up behind you and then tumble on top of you. You just you kind of just, you know, I mean, it's for me, that's what it does. It also helps you to maintain hope. You know what I mean? Like when you're going through it, cause you can fall back and be like, all right, man, this is what I went through. This is how it's changed. You know, it, it's just a season I'm going through. Right. I know it seems like forever, but it's just a season. I think a lot of times, men who take their own lives is because they can never see the light at the end of the tunnel and they get stuck in that moment of whoa what was me i'm never going to get out of this right but if you're able to recap and and look back through the challenges that god has taken you through 
and has been faithful with you to see you through those times, you can find strength in that, bro. Yep. I agree a hundred percent. Just that little bit is all you need. And and yeah, just that little bit in there can trigger and change your outlook. You know what I mean? And all this whole thing is what you didn't like too, is it, it, it's just, there's a, it's a challenge, you know, and it's hard yeah. and, and, and you've got to have that, just that little bit of uh, will or, you know, that little push and you can get it from wherever, whoever, however you get it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's, it's a major factor in, in becoming happy, you know, in your life. And you just got to keep doing it and doing it, doing it, doing it. And next thing you know, you know, you're all right. Everything's you're all right. Yep. One step in front of the other. Right. I like this time last year, I was like, I'm never going to see my kids. I had no clothes. I, I was late to work. I was at work. Just, I'd be up there just sitting, just daydreaming thinking about mm-hmm. like what, what went wrong. And now I, I'm killing it at work. I got, I got my boys legally on paper. You know, one of them, I'm, we're, we're going to, we're going to fix that. And yeah, life's good. You know, I'm in a little apartment, whatever, but life's good. You know, and it, 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 I just got to keep going. And Absolutely. this will make me stronger after it's all said and done. Absolutely. This too shall pass brother. Yeah. Now, you talk about work, right? And we know on our show, anybody who listens, you know, and for those who don't know what we do, you know, Mike is a lineman just like me. Um, and balancing those demands is, of work as a lineman and all the emotional challenges that you face at work and at home, you know, it's difficult, right? So how did you manage to find that balance and ensure like you're going to be present for your children and your job bro because i mean that's that's hard you're literally a, a single parent you know yeah i was a i was a what do you want to say here? all right so let me put this in the day so it was um challenging to say the least but what mm-hmm. i did is i had to simplify my life so much to the point of okay the next quest is to wake up on time you know okay like it was i wake up and then get to work and and i was you know bitter and tired and and so when I get there, it was like, just do your job. Don't, you know, just do your job, mind your own business, you know, just go do your thing and, and don't let this bother you. It was, it was almost impossible to not think about it during the day, you know? Yeah. Would, it was horrible. But I just talked to myself, really. And then I, I, I did like a little, you know, little prayers or whatever here and there and just try mm-hmm. to ask for help from whatever I could get it from, you know? And mm-hmm. slowly uh, learn to, um, I guess, adapt to the situation, you know? Yeah. Did uh did this, your crew know that anything was yeah. going on at all? Did you let let anybody know? No, they they all knew that. Um, uh, okay. They all knew that uh, something was up because I, I I I'm kind of the prankster, you know. I like to do stuff and and I stopped all that. And then I, I was uh, a couple of guys told me like, hey man, um, you were just talking up there. Like, what are you mad about? And I was like, what? Well, I guess I you know I wasn't even thinking. I was just talking out loud. Just you know but people could hear. And so people started to pick up on it. And then I, I was losing weight. Um, mm-hmm. Just, I was coming to work just dirty because I had nobody to shower. You know, it was, it was, so people start, they started to pick up and then I sat down with everybody and just told them and they all have, they all have my back, man. Like, like, yeah. like not, I would never, ever expect, they all, they all have my back bringing me food at work from their left, you know, mm-hmm. wife or, it was love, man. A hundred percent. Like everybody yeah. had my back. And so that was a big, you know, a big deal too. So mm-hmm. it was amazing, man. I look back at it. Like mm-hmm. they, they, did, they did car washes for me to give me money so I could pay for lawyer fees. Like it was, a, it was, it that was a, I should have, man, I, that was, that was a big factor, you know, for getting to yeah. the guys I work with, you know, it was huge, huge. Man. What a greater way for God to show his love for you, dude, by bringing guys that who knows if they're even believers but nevertheless, God uses everybody, you know, and to to get those guys to to join together in love and and just be able to pour out His love for you, dude, you know, and show you, hey man, I got you. You can trust me. Trust me in this moment, man. I just just trust me. You know, I take care of the uh, the birds of the air and and even the flowers in the field, man. How much more important are you than these things? And I I take care of those things, you know. So. That's it, it awesome a, to see. You know, I I didn't believe in all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I yeah, God helps you in ways that you just you're not you know you're not, you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. It's true, man. It, it, like it, it really is. You know, it's uh, 
it's a powerful thing to 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 go from down and out to I can do this, you know, in a short period of time. And, and, and the only thing that changed in my life was I started going to church and, and praying and, and feeling like um, I just I, I don't know I don't know words to explain it, but I just felt like I was going to be okay after I started going to church and, and really pouring out my heart and being honest about you know like I would say prayers about like man I thought this place was so uptight and I didn't you know whatever and, and just being real and, and it just everything kind of slowly transitioned from just down and out and nothing to I can do this to hey all right well, now we're here you know and so it, it's something that these guys uh, there's two guys at my work that were going through I, I, I didn't know they were going through marriage trouble and mm -hmm. because of what happened to me and what I was going through and me going to church they went to church and they're all married and happy and everything's good so yeah it's a definite it's a definite life changer you know if you uh you you you, you just try it you know try it out you know, it's, it's a it's a cool thing these guys yeah would be the same way right <laughs> yeah i know for sure man as a father mike you've expressed an unwavering love for your children it's evident right you're fighting for your children right how do you maintain that strong bond with them throughout this challenging period? Like, and what advice can you give to other fathers who may be going through similar circumstances? Cause there's a bunch of guys out there, bro, that are, that are in your shoes, you know? So I, at first I started buying everything toys mm -hmm. and, and I quickly learned that that was the wrong thing to do. Okay. So, uh, for my situation, it, 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 the, the other side of the, 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 um, my other side, I, you know, he's right here. I don't want to say too much. Uh, she, uh, they uh, they started to say that I was just a Disneyland dad, and that was only a good time, and that's all the reason why they like me. So yeah. I took it a step further, and I uh, I started to be uh, we just I talked. We talked. I was be yeah. like, "How's your day? You did mm -hmm. what today? Oh, that this you were on the swings, and this happened, and we would talk about it. We talk mm -hmm. about this, and it something changed." Uh, we became like extremely close, uh, yeah, super fast, and and now it's um, now we look, it, it's it's so hard to uh, I don't even know how to, it's so hard to, you want to grab your kids and give them all the candy and all the food and and, and we're gonna go to Disneyland, we're gonna go here because you want to uh, make them happy and then they'll yeah. they'll want to be with me more than you know them or whatever, but no, the right thing the thing that changed for me was when I, when my significant, my ex came up, I never talked back. Never. Mm -hmm. I never said a bad word. And when they said that, Oh, this, this, and this happened, I, I would just make excuses like, Oh, well, she probably forgot, or maybe she's having a bad day. Dude, yeah. that, that went farther than anything. Because Absolutely. Kids, they're like, when I'm, with, when I'm with dad, he's pretty cool. And, and then he doesn't talk bad about mom, which it makes mm -hmm. me cool. When I'm with mom though, she's talking bad about dad. And, I kind of now I'm thinking that I don't like her, you know, it like it, it changed. Not yeah. only was I winning with my children, but I was winning uh, with myself and our, in our, you know, me and her. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, in my, for my, for my situation, that worked for a little bit, but then she started, then things were said that were, uh, I mean, just terrible. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, and my older guy, he, he's, uh, you know, I mean, put it, you raise your kids to protect your family, right? Your boys, especially protect your mom. Always, if something goes down, protect mom. Yeah, he's doing what I taught him. He's doing. He's heard stuff. He's confused about it, but he thinks in his head he's doing what I taught him. He's protecting mom. He's staying. Yeah. Right. And so, I'm a little bit proud of that, I guess, in a sense. But I'm also devastated and uh, heartbroken. But I think some one-on-one -on -one time and some, you know, counseling and therapy. Once, once the courts mm -hmm. get you can get that you know when you're a dad it's very hard going to the court system it's, you're you're already against the wall when you walk in that door so yeah but i've i've uh i've done i've gotten lucky and and i think the mm -hmm. next four days is when that will be resolved and we'll get some one-on-one -on -one counseling and therapy and then from there you know mm -hmm. baby steps man just yeah you've you got to work it, it's a job it's a whole thing you know and, and i'm yeah. not saying everybody every every woman gets it just given to her i'm not saying that i'm just saying there is a definite energy that is this in court in divorce court or family court that is leans towards the the mom the mom side you know it's it's very uh it's very evident you know so when you go in there uh, as a father fighting for your kids don't don't lie don't yeah. bs and don't bad mouth the other it's like yeah whatever she's done yeah, and then i'm sure there's things that everybody's like i gotta say this because it shows her character now they, they've seen it and heard it all 
You go yeah. in there and you start bad mouthing immediately. That judge is going to be like, I don't want to hear you. You just yeah. stay. I'm, I want my kids. I'm ready to do whatever it takes to do, get my kids. If I got to do this or that, I'm down. I go. They had me go. She's like, he, he, he's doing drugs. I want to take a drug test. And I was like, yeah, I don't do drugs. Yeah. I get drug tested at work, Your Honor. Every couple of months, a surprise drug test for my job. Uh, yeah. She says you're doing drugs. Go get a drug test. I got to go pay two hundred dollars to go get a drug test. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just gotta when you go to court. That person that you are in there, when mm -hmm. you don't talk bad about someone out, about her, and you just handle your shit right, carry that out into your life to life because it makes yeah. it so much easier. You know, and everybody yeah. sees it. Everybody sees it. All your peers and kids. It, it, yeah. it, it changes. It, you know, it, it speaks me. volumes, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, even at work, bro. If you're the guy who's always bad mouthing your yeah. your coworkers, I mean, what does it say about you? You yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, people hear, people see. If that mm -hmm. guy's always bad mouthing everybody, but then they see how like she was always like this, and then when they mm -hmm. meet you, you're like, "Hey, what's up? Oh, I heard your wife was like this. I heard this. This guy said you were this. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. It. You switch people by just being nice, you know? Yeah. Smart, you know. So at least. For the guys who go to court, that's a piece of advice that I can say is yeah, is, is priceless. You know, just be a good person, and you'll and, and it'll all turn out. It'll it'll work out. Yeah. Absolutely, man. No, it's 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 awesome that you said that, dude. That's that's a great piece of advice. I had a past guest, um, a while back. You know, um, his name is Mark Real. He's a father's rights attorney. He's a real big advocate for father's rights, trying to change the laws in America. He's actually out of here in Southern California. Great dude. If you guys have a chance to listen to that podcast as well, he has some great insights. Uh, one of the things he said was in the, you know, one of the things he, he actually mentioned when you're a father and you're going through this, the best thing you could do is not say nothing in the first 90 days, no phone calls, no texts, no, nothing. That's the number one thing he tells his clients right now. Don't do anything within those 90 days. You know what I mean? No matter how angry you are, or whatever, you need to exercise self-control. Yeah. You know? That's huge. Huge. Because you want to, you want to say like, oh, yeah, just no. say nothing. Just zip it up, right? <laughs> just zip it. And then you're going to, the, the amount of crow that you're going to eat for the first the three months, yeah. is, you're going to be just bad. It's horrible. It is horrible. It is the worst. Mm. It is the worst. My tools were, I found my tools at like all my Milwaukee stuff at mm -hmm. some nice yard sale down the street. Oh my God. And she yeah. was just like, and I'm walking with like, Hey, that's my, it says my, my initials are right there. And the guy's like, I don't know. And I was like, I got like, wow. it's just, all your stuff just, mm. it's, those are just things. And, mm. and you can get more things. You yes. Know you know? You know? Absolutely. And that's the biggest thing. The biggest takeaway I think that our listeners are going to hear is, man, it sucks, but this too shall pass, brother. And yep. you got to do the right thing. And someone's got to be the adult and someone's got to put the children first. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And when it's all said and done, mm -hmm. the problems that she, that she, that she has with you or she's stating to other people, because they're not being handled correctly, those problems are going to reoccur for her with the next person. Absolutely. And and if you do take this time to be you, find you, do you. Yep. When it's all said and done and whoever your next person is, it, it'll, you know, mm -hmm. it'll be a completely different experience because now you know what not to do, what not to look for, what not to, you know, mm -hmm. and, and take it, just do it. Like guys got to do it for them. Like we, mm -hmm. as men, we, we do for our families and we do for our kids and our wives. Yeah. It, one, it, one of the big things that I always tell when we do our counseling, both my wife and I, um, we always tell people how you leave a place is how you're going to enter. So yeah. how you left that last relationship, man, if you left it, you know, if you're, you're burning bridges and blowing bridges up, you know, guess what? You're going to, you're going to enter in your next spot like that too. You know, you got to deal with yourself, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for sure. Yeah. You but, are, uh, uh -huh. there's a whole lot of you, you have to figure out when divorce comes through. And, and yes, a lot of time men, my buddies that I've known, everybody kind of gets quiet and mm -hmm. like implodes almost. And don't do that, man. Just, you got to get it out. You got to just get it out and talk it out. And if and if the other side doesn't want to play games, play mm -hmm. fair, then still do the right thing. Because when it's all said and done, uh, the right thing is what's going to prevail. It, it may take time, but mm -hmm. sooner or later, you, you'll be on top. You know, it just takes time. You know? Be patient. 
Absolutely, man. And trust the process. Trust the process, man. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your story, bro, and being so open and honest about everything that's going on in your life. I know this is going to be inspirational to the people that are listening, you know, and I just thank you, man. It it, it takes a lot of uh, courage to come on here and just share your story, man. And I wish you the best. I know it's going to continue to go well for you. And if you ever need anything, reach out to us. We're here for you, brother. But thank you. I appreciate you. All right, man. Thanks a lot, brother. Yeah, absolutely. And can you please uh, tell our audience if they want to have any questions for you or anything like that, if you want to, uh, how they can reach you? Yeah, you can reach me at uh, Dad on a Mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dad on a Mission 0919 uh, at, on Instagram. Or uh, feel free to send me an email at the M3 sh- M3 Chartrand, it's uh, C-H-A-R-T-R-A-N-D, M3 Chartrand at Gmail. Mm. Got questions or you're going through it and you're just having a rough go, just hit me up and, and I'll open up that composition book and <laughs> let you know where, where I, what I was doing at that phase that you're at. You know? Absolutely, man. Thank you, Mike. And once again, guys, for you guys who are listening, if you guys need hope and support, we got guys like Mike. Uh, who have joined our our successful um, uh, Facebook group. It's called The Show Up Dad, where men get on there and and get inspiration. If you're having a hard day or whatever, whatever you need, we have that Facebook group. It is there for you, and it's called The Show Up Dad. So once again, thank you guys, and uh, keep your heads up and keep fighting for what's important, your family.